This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making this program possible. Tonight's special guest is Lamont Wood, author of the book, Out of Place in Time and Space, Inventions, Beliefs, and Artistic Anomalies that Were Impossibly Ahead of Their Time. Many items and artifacts showed up decades and centuries before they could possibly have been invented, such as helicopter paintings from the Middle Ages and ancient Greek computers. Lamont Wood will be with us shortly. To listen to the full interview, go to our website, veritasradio.com, and click on the subscribe button. You'll receive your login immediately, and we'll have access to everything we have to offer from day one. And don't forget to visit our Veritas store, where you can find MMS, our 8GB USB drives with Seasons 1, 2, or 3, and much more. And I would like to issue an apology right before we start with this interview. Let me tell you what happened. The day before the interview was supposed to take place, our guest, Lamont Wood, asked if we could change the time scheduled. Unfortunately, my schedule is so tight these days that I could not. It was either canceling the interview and rescheduling months in the future, or proceeding with it. Bear in mind, I read every book 
and conduct my research a couple of days prior to each interview, so the information was fresh in my mind. I told him I could not change it. Apparently, there was a family emergency, and Lamont had to stay home with his seven-month-old grandchild. That being said, every so often, you will hear a baby in the background. I know it may be distracting to some of you, but Lamont did the best he could to juggle between taking care of the baby and conducting the interview. I just wanted to level the expectations right from the start. I have thoroughly edited the interview as much as I could while preserving most of the content. Again, please accept my apology for the inconvenience, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. To get in touch with me, it's very simple. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Of course, the moons of Mars could not have been described 151 years before they were discovered, or the Apollo program a century before it took place, or the Pacific War 16 years before it started. An ancient Roman army could not have been defeated by huge machines. A medieval painting could not have depicted baby Jesus holding a toy helicopter. The world's best preserved ancient building cannot lack an obvious purpose and cannot have been built with modern methods. Guess again that such things cannot exist, at least not according to commonly accepted historical timelines, not to mention mainstream theories of the nature of time and causality is beyond dispute. Yet, their existence is also beyond dispute. Actually, such phenomena appear to be plentiful, hiding in plain sight, so to speak. For this and much more, Lamont Wood is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. and you're listening to The Veritas Show. As a journalist and freelance writer of wide experience, Lamont Wood is familiar with the sometimes arbitrary distinction between cause and effect and the subsequent gulf between what happens, what is experienced, what gets written, and what is understood. He has been freelancing for nearly three decades, writing for publications ranging from American Heritage to trade journals in Hong Kong. He has also been a newspaper reporter, a publicist, and a welder. He lives in San Antonio, Texas. Lamont Wood is the author of Out of Place in Time and Space, Inventions, Beliefs, and Artistic Anomalies that Were Impossibly Ahead of Their Time. We have links on our website. And directly from San Antonio, Texas, I would like to welcome Lamont Wood to Veritas. Hello, Lamont, and welcome. How are you? Hello, and I'm glad to be here. It's my pleasure. First of all, I have to tell you, 
and I've been saying this for the last few weeks because I've had great authors, but this is a very fascinating book, and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad because I know our audience will definitely be entertained. But please tell us what motivated you to write this book, because it's, it's so full of so many things. Well, I was always a history buff, basically, and did a lot of fairly random reading and uh, wasted my youth on that, basically. Um, but I had noticed things as I went along that that basically flew in the face of any uh, purely linear conception of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that just didn't seem to uh, be where they ought to be. Um, a good example uh, of one that leaped out at me just, just randomly would be the example of uh, Admiral Nelson at Trafalgar. Uh, he wrote a uh, fairly detailed memorandum to his captains on how he wanted the battle fought. Mm-hmm. And it laid out, uh, you know, how many ships that they were going to uh, attack the enemy line and how many of his ships were supposed to attack, how many of their ships and X part of the line and all this other stuff. And um, <clears throat> I never noticed anyone actually questioning why that was. But then I came across this thing called the N-squared law of mutual attrition. Uh, and his memorandum appears to have been based on that. And if you uh, analyze it according to the N-squared law of mutual attrition, uh, he had it down. He must have been using it. Truly, the N-squared law of mutual attrition was formulated in about 1916, and the battle was fought in 1805, 111 years earlier. Right. So, um, uh, presumably, he um, uh, came up with his own version of it. We don't know. I didn't tell anybody about it. He probably considered it a state secret, and uh, he died during the battle, so it went with him. But uh, it is, when you do the math, it is obvious that that's, he was doing that or some, something mathematically equivalent. Um, there's also the uh, the first chapter of the book, uh, uh, which shows uh, basically a, uh, a, ch- a picture of a child using a, a pull string uh, helicopter. Toy helicopter. Yep. Yeah. Trump problem is was painted in about 1460, right. uh, which is a little odd. The helicopter wasn't invented until you know the flying version to, until about 1906. <laughs> but apparently. Uh, we had flying toys doing the same thing with rotary flight, little flying machines, uh, in the Middle Ages. Um, uh, but had no impact on anything. The the, uh, uh, the scholars who follow this, uh, like I say, do not trace it back to that, but to various uh, scholars in the Enlightenment and engineers after that. Um, so it makes you wonder. <laughs> but, but that's a, a theme I also came across as I went along that. Um, uh, toys uh, often embody high technology and are ignored. Um, of course, we have this uh, uh, basically a flying machine. Um, the Romans, uh, I came across, had uh, steam-powered toys, although they never used them to do serious work. Um, and, of course, we've all heard of these uh, tombs they find in Central America with wheeled toys, although uh, those cultures did not actually use uh, wheeled vehicles, although that's probably because they didn't have decent roads. Um, so it makes you wonder what the kids are doing nowadays and what we, we're not paying attention to, but really ought to pay attention to. Absolutely. And, and I want to take this in chronology because this is such a fascinating book, and I want to go part by part. But before we start, we're going to be using a lot of the words anachronism and anachronistic a lot during the interview. You you also use anachronism versus reverse anachronism. Please define them. Right. Well... When I was putting all these things together, I was looking for a high concept, which sort of stitched it all together. Yeah. And I came up with the concept of reverse anachronism. Um, now, a standard anachronism is when, when you like, go to the movies, 
and let's say the movie's about ancient Rome, but the actors are speaking English. You accept that. Yeah. It is an anachronism, but, but they are, uh, but something is portrayed in the wrong, uh, time frame. Right. Okay. But, but, you know, there's, there's nothing ominous about that. It's based on someone's mutual, uh, someone's conscious decision. Now, um, to me, a reverse anachronism is some, something where we are here in the present. We look into the past. We see something in the past that seems to belong to us in the present. Um, uh, an example would be the so-called antikythera mechanism, or well, that that flying, uh, that pull-string flying to a helicopter would be such a thing. Uh, if such a thing exists as reverse anachronisms from the past, it stands to reason there ought to be reverse anachronisms from the future. But uh, we probably can't recognize them to us, or for what they are anyway, to us or us noise, or we mistake them for something else. Um, a good example of that would not be the, uh, the toy helicopter, but would be uh, the so-called antikythera mechanism, which is a, a, something found off the uh, coast of the in Greece. Island, antikythera in 1901, yeah. that's the name. Uh, and at first it was considered to be a, just a jumble of corroded bronze gears. They didn't know what it was. And now, after a hundred years of looking at it, it has uh, come into a sync, so to speak, with the present, and we recognize it as an ancient Roman computer. Admittedly, not the binary device you can program, but a what's called an analog computer. Uh, now, <clears throat> nowadays, it's a reverse anachronism uh, from the past. When it was found in 1901, it was a reverse anachronism from the future, and they, they couldn't figure out what it was. But you know, time went on, and we it came into it came. To, into synchronization with the present, so to speak. Now, now it's one from the past. Um, so the ne- your next question, uh, I assume, is do, do you see any reverse anachronisms from the future hanging around? Right. And, of course, by definition, no, uh, I, we can't. I do, I do have one candidate in the book, because uh, I just can't figure it out at all, basically. Um, uh, although, who knows? Um, my candidate for the reverse anachronism from the future would be the so-called Voynich manuscript. Um, that is a hand-illustrated, uh, hand-lettered manuscript that's uh, been dated to about 1420. Yeah, before the printing press. Oh, yeah, before the printing press was invented. And, of course, it had to be hand-lettered. Yeah. And uh, it's about 240 pages long, filled with writing uh, and in one, uh, one person's handwriting. Uh, the person obviously was familiar with the language. It's written easily, you know, like he just sat down there and wrote it, knew what he was doing. Um, the language uh, has identifiable rules, uh, and the alphabet is identifiable. Um, the problem is uh, that the alphabet and the rules of the language are seen nowhere else. They, they are unique to this book. Um, they can do a mathematical analysis of the text and show that it is not gibberish or word salad. Uh, it is an actual language. Uh, but again, they can't ex- identify what language. Now, uh, alongside the lettering, there's all these illustrations, uh, which appear to be about something, until you look at them carefully, and you see that they're not really about anything. Um, there's like a, what appear to be botanical information, uh, but the plants don't match anything. Uh, well, maybe astronomical information, but they don't match any star charts. Weird plumbing, uh, uh, a lot of naked ladies in unerotic poses. It's all very strange. Now, it's been argued that you could uh, get the same effect of uh, having uh, a manuscript that 
appears to be about nothing but uh, passive mathematical tests, by taking gibberish and, en- and encrypting it, and the act of encrypting it would give it the mathematical pattern right. of uh, actual uh, meaningful text. And I say, yeah, if you wanted to like fool the CAA for about 20 minutes, that might be something you could do. I don't think there was an issue in 1420. That's right. Yeah, so... Um, and, and by the way, folks, if you hear a, a voice, uh, an additional voice to Lamont and mine, is because uh, there's a young fan, a seven-month-old uh, baby, uh, Lamont's uh, grandson, congratulations, who who decided to be with them to uh, to be part of the interview. <laughs> so... Look now, he's fascinated by it. No problem. Uh, but, you know, the, the virgin and the child, the, 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 the baby Jesus holding that helicopter, that, that's a painting I've, I've never seen before. But looking at the Antikythera mechanism and, and other pictures and realizing that this technology, if we can use that term, existed even during Roman times and before Christ. Do you ever wonder, Lamont, if something happened, a cataclysm, a world war that essentially took us back to sticks and stones, and we had to start all over again, and, and that's why there's a technological gap in between? Somehow all this knowledge was lost? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever had any complete wipeout. Um, I think we are slowly pulling ourselves out from, from the primal you know, ooze that we started out from, with mm-hmm. maybe some missteps. But uh, I think the big thing nowadays is that you have to remember that the... Uh, 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 this printing industry that supports uh, ongoing scientific uh, inquiry and technological advances is a modern invention. Uh, you know, like in Roman times or earlier, uh, the idea of publishing your uh, inventions would, would, been, would have seemed extremely suspect uh, and uh, wouldn't have gone far anyway. Um, so... Uh, I think secrecy would have been the norm for most of human history. So uh, you don't see a whole uh, fast advances, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- people would have kept things themselves, like the antithera mechanism. Mm-hmm. It, it includes what they call a epicyclic or planetary gears, which, if you have a car for an automatic transmission, uh, they're in the axle, so you, the thing can turn easily. Um, that, that, those were soon to have invented during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, but uh, here they are, they show up in Julius Caesar's time. Well, obviously, the, the, there was some uh, uh, geared mechanism maker who saw a need for them uh, and came up with them, just as someone during the Industrial Revolution saw a need for them and came up with them. Engineers can think along parallel lines centuries apart. I think that's uh, a big lesson for my book. Um, but there are, there are other things in the book, frankly, I can't explain. But... Uh, the fact that you know engineers thinking in parallel centuries apart that, that's very common and, and should not surprise us but that guy in, in the roman era his you know he, he didn't he didn't publish it in journals you know he, there was no printing printing uh, industry publishing industry right. that would have gotten it out there and had there been he he probably wouldn't have been slow to uh, lay everything he knew out there we have from the ancient uh, period only a handful of books like that where they try to explain how to do something in detail. So what do you think the Antikythera mechanism was? An ancient analog computer? If so, for what purpose? Uh, basically to um, synchronize or reconcile the um, solar calendar with the lunar calendar. Mm. That's another thing. Hmm. But, uh, and, and we still do that nowadays. You know, we, we figure the date for Easter based on the lunar calendar. Right. And then you say, well, what is it going to be? Well, you say April so-and-so. Well, that's the solar calendar. So, so we still, in fact, do that. Um, uh- 
You know, a quick parenthesis, although we might be, in, this, this might be indirectly related. I was thinking the other day that the ancient ones, say the Mayans, had a great understanding of astronomy and astrology. And they could predict a solar eclipse with pinpoint accuracy for hundreds or thousands of years. The days. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.